You are listening to sermon audio from College Creek Church in Annapolis, Maryland. For more information on this local body of believers, visit us online at collegecreekchurch.org or in person every Sunday at 11 a.m. Well, I had a, a friend call me this last week. He said that he had listened to the podcast from last week's um, sermon on last Sunday, and he was calling to tell me that he did not like it. There was something about um, that radical call to follow after Jesus that he said didn't sit well with him. Um, you may remember that last week we looked at Matthew chapter four, the calling of, of these disciples to come and follow Jesus, where we see them leaving everything behind. They just jump out of their boats and they follow after Jesus on this wild, faith-filled adventure. And he said that he has never liked that passage because it doesn't make any sense to him. And it did not help listening to the sermon last week. The explanation and the calling in last week's sermon did not help him like it anymore. Which, to be fair, is a completely understandable response to have. Um, frankly, uh, to be perfectly honest, it's the response that I often have as well. And maybe if you um, think about it, if you think deeply about that, it might you might realize that that's often your response. And, and if you don't think deeply about it, then we can be certain that it is your response. What I didn't say to this friend yet, until he listens to the podcast of this week's sermon, is that if he doesn't like the extreme calling from last week, he probably should just stop listening to the rest of the book of Matthew. And, and frankly, right, if, if you don't like the extreme calling that's being put on our lives because of Christ, we probably should just abandon all of Scripture. Because the truth of the matter is that if we actually read the words of Scripture, we will find all through it that it is calling us to a life of total abandonment as we follow after Jesus. And we, we do some work, we like to do some work to kind of make scripture a little bit more palatable to us. But if we read the words that are actually on the page, we will find that all of scripture is a calling to this sort of wild faith-filled adventure that includes us leaving behind the concerns of this world. And, and certainly that's true of our passage today. Today, I want to preach for you the most powerful and important sermon you will ever hear. Today, you will hear a sermon that is entirely the word of God. Now, I'm not talking about what I'm saying right now, but here in just a few minutes, I'm going to preach for us Jesus's most famous sermon. We call it the Sermon on the Mount. I'm sure you've heard of it before. You may have heard it before. It, it contains this radical ethic of the kingdom of heaven. One of, one of my best friends is a pastor out in Michigan. He just started a series discussing the Sermon on the Mount. He's, he's spending 12 weeks walking through the Sermon on the Mount. Certainly that is a tactic. That's perhaps what most churches would do. Most pastors would desire to do something like that. But we're just going to spend one week with the Sermon on the Mount. 
And instead of walking through all of the ins and outs of the sermon over the course of months, here's what I want us to do. I want us to just allow the sermon to sort of wash over us. I want us to allow the, the sermon of Christ in its entirety to just wash over us. Because I believe that when we really do that, when we allow scripture to do its work in us without us trying to pick it apart, but we just listen to it, that we will be changed. And so my encouragement to you when we get to that point this morning, I actually would encourage you just not to have your Bibles open following along, but rather just listen to the sermon as if it were a sermon because it is. And, I, and I'll promise you that I'll be faithful to the text and you can go back later and check and make sure that I was. You see, the thing that is remarkable about the Sermon on the Mount is that it seems to answer our questions as soon as they, as they pop into our mind. When we hear the, the radical teachings of Christ, we're tempted to sort of push back against them. We're, we're tempted to challenge those things, but then Jesus immediately addresses the challenges that we have. He challenges our disputes before we've even had sort of the opportunity to, to voice them. And that's one of the reasons I think hearing the whole thing together is, is so important. He doesn't give us time to disregard the teachings of Christ just because they're hard to follow. He doesn't give us the space to, to soften the challenge of radically pursuing the kingdom of heaven with the explanations of earth. Instead, what we will find is that Jesus will offer us comforts, but he will only offer us the comforts of the kingdom of heaven. And so before we jump into that sermon, I just want to remind us of the context in which the sermon was preached. And I'm going to show you what happened right before and then what happens right after so that we can understand this sermon in context. So for this part, feel free to open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 5. We're going to look at Matthew chapter 5, just two verses, verses 1 and 2. Um, if you have your Bible, go ahead and turn there. We'll have it up on, on the screen here as well. Matthew chapter 5. If you picked up one of these Bibles, I believe you'll find it on page 474. And here's, here's what the first two verses of Matthew 5 says. It says, seeing the crowds... He, Jesus, went up on the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him, and he opened his mouth and taught them. I simply want to remind us that, that last week, what we saw was his disciples following Jesus on this radical, faith-filled adventure all throughout Galilee, right? Preaching the gospel, healing people. And as they did that, crowds and crowds and crowds of people began to form. And not just people from Galilee, but from all over Israel and even beyond Israel, all over Syria, people began to ground and they were following Jesus. They were listening to him. But more than that, they had come together for, for healing from Jesus. And Jesus, it says this, it says, when he saw the crowds, here's what he did. He gathered his disciples to him and he began to teach them. Right, so for, for clarity's sake, the people that he is teaching are his disciples. Jesus has gathered to him those who had made a commitment 
to follow him. Those who had left everything in pursuit of him and the kingdom of heaven, he now draws them close to him up on this mountain and he begins to teach them. But surrounding them are crowds of people just listening in, looking on, considering for themselves this overwhelming, challenging, but, but compelling nature of the life of following after Jesus. Right? In fact, Jesus says that the reason he's teaching these disciples is for the crowds, right? The reason that we're called to radical discipleship, the reason we're taught to follow him in a radical sort of way is because of the crowds, for the sake of those who are not yet following him. Because when we step out in this sort of radical discipleship of Jesus, others are compelled to follow him as well. And so then we come to the very end of the Sermon on the Mount and we'll we'll see the way that the crowd responded. They responded in awe, we're told. Let me just read for you two verses at the end as well. Matthew 7, 28 and 29, it says this. And when Jesus finished these sayings, the crowds were astonished at his teaching for he was teaching them as one who had authority and not as their scribes. After they heard these teachings, the crowd was astonished, right? It's, it's the crowd that's amazed. Why? Because it's unlike any teaching that they have ever heard before. Unlike the scribes who explained to them the scriptures day in and day out. Unlike the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the chief priests who they had heard explain scripture. Unlike all of them, unlike any other religious leader, Jesus speaks with authority. And Jesus still speaks with authority. And so the the question, the question that we'll be faced with today A question that that you'll be faced with today is simply this. Will you place yourself under the authority of Christ as a true disciple? Or will you choose to simply be astonished and amazed, but unmoved? My prayer is that as we hear these words, as we hear this sermon, that the spirit of God will move in this place and that we will willingly and fully walk after Jesus. And so I'm actually gonna pray again to that end even now and then begin the sermon. So just pray with me quickly. Lord Jesus Christ, speak. Speak to us this morning. Lord, as I preach your words, let us not be distracted by the speaker, but receive them as they really are, your very words. And Lord, we pray that you would give us the strength and the boldness and the courage to live lives that are totally taken by you, totally under your authority, totally for your kingdom. We pray this in your name. Amen. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, 
for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A, a city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who's in heaven. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law and the prophets. I did not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly, I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot will pass from the law until it is all accomplished. Therefore, whoever relaxes one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. You've heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder, and whoever murders will be liable to the judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council, and whoever says, you fool, will be liable to the hell of fire. So if you're offering your gift at the altar and there, remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you're going with him to court. Lest your accuser hand you over to the judge and the judge to the guard and you be put in prison. Because truly I say to you, you will never get out until you have paid the last penny. You've heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away for it is better that you lose one of your members than that your whole body be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away for it is better that you lose one of your members than that your whole body go to hell. And it was said, whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you that anyone who divorces his wife except on the grounds of sexual immorality makes her commit adultery. And, and whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Again, you've heard that it was said of old, you shall not swear falsely, but shall perform to the Lord what you have sworn. But, but I say to you, do not take an oath at all, 
either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not make an oath by your head, for no, for you cannot make one hair white or black. Let what you say simply be yes or no. Anything more than that comes from evil. You've heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist the one who is evil. But if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if anyone would sue you and take your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with him too. Give to the one who begs from you and do not refuse the one who would borrow from you. You've heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of your father who is in heaven. For he makes the sun to rise on the evil and on the good. He sends rain on the just and the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even Gentiles do the same? You therefore must be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your father who is in heaven. Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the, in the synagogue and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret. And, and your father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites for they love to stand and to pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. And truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they'll be heard by their many words. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. Pray then like this, our father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your father who's in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. 
do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? No one can serve two masters. For either he will hate one and love the other, or he'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor, nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are, are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to the span of his life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the, the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in, in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of them. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? O oh, you of little faith. Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Judge not that you be not judged for with the judgment that you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you see the speck in, in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when you have a log in your own eye? You hypocrite. First, take the log out of your own eye. And then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Do not give dogs what is holy. Do not throw your pearls before pigs, lest they trample them underfoot and turn and attack you. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And the one who seeks, finds, and the one who knocks, it will be opened to them. Or which of you? If his son asked him for bread, would give him a stone? Or if he asked for a fish, would give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? So whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them. For this is the law and the prophets. 
Enter by the narrow gate. For the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are few. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or, or figs from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus you will recognize them by their fruits. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock and the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon the house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand and the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against the house and it fell and great was the fall of it. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you for your word. But Lord, even as we, even as we hear it now, Lord, we are overwhelmed by it because Lord, such is your glory, such is your kingdom, that it is overwhelming to us. And so we ask again, Lord, for the strength and the courage to follow you. The strength and the courage to forsake all others and everything else and to pursue you and your kingdom alone. So Lord, help us to give ourselves to you fully, even now. In Jesus' name, amen.